Welcome to America's Top Rebbitzins. May this class be for Rafua Shalema, for Haim Abiel Daniel Ben Rus, and Daniel Ben Ilana. I am very excited to have on today's show Rebbitzin Amit Yagubi. Rebbitzin Amit gives classes that span the spectrum of Jewish thought and spiritual development. She teaches with passion, guiding her students to effectively strengthen and deepen the transformational process of life. I'm so honored that she will be sharing her deep wisdom with us today. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thank you, Vera. That was a nice little paragraph. Um, I am a, a mother of seven. I teach. I feel very much like it is our mission to bring as much light into the world as we can. Grew up in Great Neck, still live in Great Neck, even though as I was growing up, I said, I will never live in Great Neck. But Hashem has his plans. When we got married, we moved to Eretz Yisrael. We made Aliyah to try to make it like a permanent thing. But HaKadosh Baruch had other plans. Aldas Torah, we came back and my husband and I are as involved as we can be in trying to bring Hashem's word to as many people as we can. That's amazing. That, that's amazing. It's a really, this is a very special and important mission. So thank you for that. Um, so I want to talk um, today about the Hebrew month of Kislev. I mean, every Hebrew month has its own power and, and energy. And we are currently now in the Hebrew month of Kislev. It's the month of Hanukkah. It's the month of miracles. And I just want to see if you can please tell us a little bit more about the power of Kislev and how it can help us see the miracles in our own lives. Well, the word Kislev actually comes from the word kisui, which in Hebrew means covered, and then lamid vav. And I'm sure you and your followers have heard about the 36 hidden tzaddikim and how there are 36 hidden people who look like regular people, but yet the whole world is resting upon their shoulders. They have this special connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and in their humility and under the guise of not nobody knowing who they are, they're the ones who are the movers and shakers. And the month of Kislev is the month where HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to Klal Yisrael and says, maybe in the whole world span, there are 36 hidden tzaddikim. But in the month of Kislev, each one of you has to find that hidden tzaddik that's inside of you. And that's what really Hanukkah is all about. Finding where I am, the tzaddikas. What's my hidden quality that maybe I haven't even discovered yet. And that's what the light of the menorah helps us to illuminate. That's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> that is beautiful. And as speaking of the menorah and Hanukkah, um, Hanukkah is in the Hebrew month of Kislev and the Hanukkah holiday is eight days long and we light eight candles on Hanukkah. And I was wondering, what is the significance of the number eight? That's a great question because Hanukkah is the only holiday that we have on the Jewish calendar that's eight days. And you're like, no, 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 what are you talking about? Well, in Galut, we celebrate the Yom Tov Sheni, but on Sukkot also we celebrate eight days. No, because the last day is Yatseret, which Chazal tell us is a holiday in and of itself. All of our holidays are max seven days. Hanukkah is the only holiday that we have that's eight full days. Why? Because we know that the number seven is the number of Teva. It's the number of nature. Seven days of the week, seven notes in music. Seven is the number of nature. Eight is Lamalam in HaTeva. It's above nature. It's the day of Abrismila. It's the day where HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, nature gets turned upside down. Chanukah is when Hashem descends down under tent Fachim, where he comes to the lowest point where a king never finds himself and says, 
I can undo everything that may have been done beforehand if you sign up. Right now, we can surpass nature. Nature has no control over a Jew who's connected to Hanukkah. Wow. That, that's powerful stuff. Wow. <laughs> and Okay. And speaking of that, and I'm so glad that you mentioned Sukkot because I really want to ask about that. I mean, I read that according to some Jewish views, the first seven days of Hanukkah parallel the seven days of Sukkot and the eighth day of Hanukkah parallels, as you said, Shemini Yatzeret, because Shemini Yatzeret is in itself its own, its own holiday. And I also learned that the final seal of judgment that Hashem, that God decided for us on Rosh Hashanah, he, you know, he decrees what's going to happen to us, how much money we're going to make, what's going to happen to us, who we're going to marry, you know, our kids, everything that's going to happen to us, all the many details in our lives, he decrees on Rosh Hashanah. And from what I learned that it's the, and the eighth day of Hanukkah is when this judgment is actually sealed. It's not actually sealed on Yom Kippur. It's actually sealed on the eighth day of Hanukkah. Um, because of this parallel between Shemini Yatzeret and the eighth day. And I just want to see if maybe you can talk to us a little bit more about that. You should give the share. <laughs> <laughs> Questions are a share in and of themselves. Um, that's just such a beautiful idea. Um, so we know that Judaism, and we see it throughout our circular calendar of the year, that there is no such thing that Hashem wants us to feel like, okay, you've reached the end of the line. There's no more hope for you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu always wants a Jew to understand that there is a chance for renewal. In fact, one of the things that the Greeks went straight full force against us was Rosh Chodesh. That was one of the big three that they outlawed. And I mean, Rosh Chodesh is it's very nice and everybody loves Rosh Chodesh and you know, it's, it's a beautiful day. But of all of the mitzvot that the Greeks wanted to go against, why Rosh Chodesh? And the answer is because the Greeks represented what you see is what you get. It is what it is. Strip the body down to the naked. Let us just see. There's nothing. There's no pneumius. There's nothing behind there. There's nothing that you don't see. And that's the antithesis of a Jew. A Jew is all about Rosh Chodesh every month renewal. Oh, you fell last month? It's okay. We're going to make another opportunity for you. Oh, this happened to you? Don't worry. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says you can pick up and start again. Life is about falling. Sheva Yipotadik Vikam. Get back up again. And built in to our calendar is the Hashkafa that Hashem never wants us to give up. So we say, okay, Elo, come on, everybody. Do tshuva. Rosh Hashanah. You're going to be sealing the day. You're getting written down. Then Rosh Hashanah, guess what, everybody? Rosh Hashanah, you were written, but now you have a chance to airbrush that photo of yours that was taken on Rosh Hashanah. You can fix it up. Really? Yom Kippur is Hatimat Nadin. Then Yom Kippur comes and goes. Then you say, don't worry, Klai Yisrael. You have all of Sukkis now. You could do Tshuva Me'ahava. You have Hoshana Rabba. That's going to be the real Hatimat Nadin, the Pitzkatava. And then Sukkis passes. Then what? Then we go through the month of Cheshvan. Cheshvan, which we call Mar Cheshvan, is like there's no holidays. It's normal life. And Hashem says, okay, everything that you took from the Yamim Narayim, how does it look in your normal life? And so for some of us, we're proud of ourselves. Hey, looks good compared to last year. And for most of us, we say, I really thought it was going to be better. And then comes Kislev and we're like, okay, Hanukkah is coming, but Hanukkah is not until the very, very end of Kislev. And Hashem says, 
Now, in the normalcy humdrum of your life, am I there? Do I have a presence? And Hashem says, now is the time for when everything is regular, can you accept me? Can you bring me into your life? And that's what we say. The Mizbeach, the Mizbeach that they inaugurated on Hanukkah. I have one more chance. And guess what? There's going to be even another chance. I have one more chance now to bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu into the normalcy of my life because that is the true love. And that's where true happiness comes. When there isn't the, the wedding and the fireworks and all kinds of things, but when life gets normal, do I bring him in? And Hanukkah is a normal day. It's you go to work, you come home, but in our normalcy, there's something special. And that in many ways is an even higher level than the Yamim Norayim, than when, when they have, we have big yuntivs coming on. That in the normalcy of my day, it gets dark early at night. I have things that I have to accomplish. There's this spark, but it's special. But there's halal. And that's what it is to be a Jew. To have that spark within the normalcy. That's the eight. It's the lamala minataba. I function in this world, yes. But I'm slightly above it. With the, with the eight, right, exactly. That goes above nature, the number eight. Wow, that's amazing. So, okay, so speaking on that point, you know, that Hanukkah is a normal everyday kind of life. You know, it's so funny because I was driving my girls to school this morning and my little one asked me, mommy, on what holidays can we do electronics? You know, because we don't do electronics on Shabbat or on Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah. And I said, well, you can do electronics on Hanukkah. And just like you said, it's just like, a, it's a normal day. Yes, of course, we, we celebrate with good foods and we like the menorah and it is special. It's not just a regular day, it is special, but you know, um, it's a normal kind of special, you know, as opposed to a Shabbat or a Rosh Hashanah. And I was just wondering, like on a normal day, even when it's not Hanukkah, we were talking about bringing Hashem into your life and bringing him close and, and how you could do that all year round, not just on the holidays. And I was wondering, maybe you can offer us some great tips on how just to bring Hashem into our lives, just on an everyday basis, practical everyday things. So, when we say that Hanukkah is the festival of normal, and yet it's the festival of eight, that's above nature, that's a really important concept to integrate into our lives. You know, everybody knows the famous story of Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, where his daughter comes to him and it's about to be Shabbat and they don't have olive oil to light the Shabbos candles and they were very, very poor. And she comes to her father and she says, but there is no olive oil, what should we do? And in a heartbeat, without blinking an eyelash, she turns to her, okay, so use the vinegar. And she says, but the vinegar, and he says, Misha Amar, whoever told olive oil that it should light, he will also tell vinegar that it should light. Wow. And of course the vinegar lights. What does that mean? Why vinegar? So we know that in Judaism, uh, the, the beverage of choice is wine, yayin, because wine is the one physical thing in this world that as it gets older, it gets better. Everything, when it ages, it loses from its value, except for wine. Wine ages and it becomes better in value, just like the Torah. There's no need to modernize it. The longer the Torah is, the better it is. And especially when we're living in 2021 and we're like, wow, thank God I have Torah value. Values. You know, they're, they're perhaps, they're much more important now than they were hundreds of years ago when the world was slightly more sane. Um, and so we say, what is this concept of vinegar? Vinegar is wine that didn't materialize. It's vinegar is spoiled wine. 
Um, in fact, in Persian, we have a, a, a phrase that when we say, you know, somebody got very old or somebody missed the opportunity, we say in Persian, they became pickled, meaning the vinegar, they, they, that's it. They, they lost the choice. Yeah, once, once a cucumber becomes a pickle, it's never becoming a cucumber again. It has become pickled. That's it. It's over. And what Reb Hanina Bendosa was saying was that we go through life thinking, I've become pickled. I missed the opportunity. It passed by me. I had a day. I thought it was going to turn out good today. In the end, they didn't accomplish anything. And I yelled. I screamed. I didn't. And what Hanukkah comes when we light our menorah, and especially because it could be lit, the Gemara says, with anything almost, we say, there is no such thing as hechmatzdi. I lost the opportunity. I became pickled. There's always a way to, to pick myself up again and to refresh and to renew. And that's how we bring Hashem into our everyday life with these small ideas of, oh, Hashem is here. Oh, thank you, Hashem. I needed that Hashem. The whole concept of Hanukkah, of being able to have a miracle is because they were able to say thank you. I mean, what was what did the Maccabim do? They won this crazy war. They had miracle miracle that's not even what we celebrate though they get into the base and make dash they clean it up and then they're asking hashem they're praying with all their heart we want pure oil we want this oil and hashem i mean he can do anything and they finally find oil but it's not enough did you ever have it that you were expecting something and you thought that you were going to get that gift you thought you were going to get it you thought it was going to be the right thing and it wasn't yes that that initial feeling is like, oh, okay, well, we got a little bit, but now let's dive in for more. That's not what the Maccabees did. They prayed and they got not what they needed. They got less than what they needed. And instead of saying, okay, well, we found a little bit, come, you know what, we can pray, we can ask for more. That's not what they did. They took this little jug of oil and together they were dead. They were saying, oh, thank you, Hashem, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much. And you can imagine the Maccabees in the Beit dish. Thank you, Hashem. And they're dancing over this little bit of oil that this is not even what they need. And the Madrash says at that point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks down and says to them, you're dancing about this little bit. You're saying thank you for this little bit. Chayachem, I swear on your lives, this little bit is going to last you so much longer than you ever thought it would. That's the power of gratitude of being thankful for what we have. That's how we bring Hashem into our everyday life. Understanding that what I have is what's good for me. And if I can thank Hashem for it, if I can be joyful for it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give me even more of it. Wow. And that's life-changing. It's the power of thank you. It's the power of gratitude. You know, they, they only had a little bit of oil, but it lasted. So it lasted them eight days. And if we just can thank God, okay, yeah, listen, I have money today. It's not as much as I want. It's not as much as I need, but thank you so much. And just to be genuinely gratefully, grateful, you know, and just say, thank you. Who knows? Hashem could send us more. It's happened before. It has, you know. Exactly. And that is really what Hanukkah is. When you're sitting around, you know, your menorah and, you know, maybe you have a child that's giving you a really, really hard time or or you're not doing well with your spouse right now. And instead of sitting there and saying, oh, my gosh, thank you, Hashem, that I have a spouse. Right. Thank you, Hashem, that I have a child yes. to go over to those people that are difficult in our lives and tell them how grateful we are that they're part of our life. You know, 
you have a job and your boss is not treating you well. Thank you, Hashem, that I have a job. Thank you, Hashem, that I have money to make mistakes with money. The, the whole concept of Hanukkah is changing the way we think about life. And this is our booster shot for the rest of the year. It's not just Hanukkah. It's all throughout our life that we have to feel this way. But this is the gift that Hanukkah gives us. And that's really why we do give gifts on Hanukkah. Hanukkah comes from the word chinam that Hashem gives us free gifts. Hashem says to us, I'll give you. Uh, Open your mouth, I'll give you. I'm willing, my child, I love you so much. I'll come down to your level. And we give gifts to say, I mean, there's a lot behind the whole gift giving and everything. It's not a rip of, of the Christians, but they ripped it off from us. But um, the that Hashem gives us gifts on Hanukkah. We give gifts to others on Hanukkah. And sometimes the biggest gift is a gift that you can give with your mouth, the verbalization of thank you, of how much you mean to me. Uh, with, with our kids, when we after we light the candles, we always sit around and we have different like activities that we do. One of them is writing thank you cards to each other. And we write thank you cards to each other for everything that we can think about, what they've done for us, each kid to their siblings, each parent to each kid, kids to their parents, um, to grandparents, whatever it might be and things like that that's beautiful that's a really beautiful tradition <laughs> here's, here's one of the kids he's Aww. not getting thank you cards <laughs> oh, <so cute. laughs> um and i just want to um, ask about you know talk about hanukkah and the miracles and i love anecdotes i just love hearing stories from other people i i feel like i benefit and i learn a lot from anecdotes and stories and i feel like other people do too and uh, keeping along the lines of Hanukkah and miracles, I was wondering if maybe you have a story or two to share either from your personal life or from the lives of friends or family or people that you know, just somebody who's experienced some kind of miracle. It could be a little miracle or a big one, doesn't matter, but just something miraculous. Um, so this, this past year, right before, right in September time, I was employed somewhere and for certain reasons, it was no longer going to work out that I would be employed there. And I used to have that place that I worked and that was where, you know, Parnassa came in and then I was able to do the other things that I do. And, you know, the money was coming in, I was able to pay my bills and I was able to then also go around and lecture and do whatever it was and speak with people and things like that. And last minute, it was not going to be. And my husband and I sat down and we said, you know, well, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to work it out? You know, what are we going to do? And it was literally an open miracle. I'm speaking with somebody about a shidduch for her daughter. And I tell her, oh, you know, by the way, I'm not going to be working over there anymore. And she says, what? You're kidding me. You know who I just saw? And she gives me the name of another person who she just saw. And she says, you have to meet him. You have to meet him. So it's like, I don't know, to go over there, I don't, I, don't, I don't really, I would never thought I would be doing something like that. She forces us to have the meeting. She was supposed to be at the meeting. She ended up not being able to be at the meeting. The two of us are meeting each other. We don't even know why we're meeting each other because she was the one who was like forcing this meeting. I wasn't so interested. He didn't know who I was. Ends up that now we're working together. And it's like a few things came up and exactly to the T, whatever my paycheck was from the school that I'm not working at anymore, it filled exactly the same numbers, many less hours, and much more of what I want to be doing. And it was just like Hakadosh Baruch was saying, you know, Amit, when you stand up for your values and your principles, you will never lose. And that was exactly what it was. And that's what we saw. I said, I don't need to sell certain values that I have, you know, because I need the paycheck. If this goes against my value, it goes against my value. Hashem sends the Parnasa. And Parnasa is pre the fruit of a miracle. Uh, a nisayon 
is Ness, and then Yavan is there, Yavan Greece, Yavan which drags us down. Sometimes we think that, no, I have to make the choice that fits within the realm of Teva, within the realm of nature. Shem says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can do anything. A Jew never loses when they stand up for Torah and when they keep the mitzvot. Wow. That is so, that's so profound and so interesting. And you know what? It just reminds me, I, I want to share something, I guess, from, from my personal life, just a short little thing based exactly on what you're saying about standing up for Torah, standing up for principles. Um, a few years ago, um, you know, my son, he, he was having a few issues and he finished up the school year at the year at the school that he was going to. And then for certain reasons, um, my husband and I had to put him in public school just for two years. And then now he's he's back in Jewish school and everything's fine. But we had to put him in, in public school for a while. And there's nothing wrong with public school. Public school is wonderful and amazing. And the one that he went to is really, really fantastic. It just he had started off in a Jewish school, and then he was in a public school. OK, so um, he was in a public school and he was the only Jewish kid who decided to wear a kippah in the wow. public school. He wasn't wow. the only Jewish kid in the public school, but of the of the few Jewish kids that were there, he was the only one who wore a kippah. And so I asked him, I said, you know, it's not a requirement to wear it here. You know, nobody's going to say anything either way or, or the other. And I wasn't forcing him to do it. He decided on his own, I'm a Jewish boy, I'm going to wear a kippah. He was in fourth grade when he decided this. Wow. Yes, yes, because th this was his principle. I mean, at, 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 in fourth grade at age, I don't know, maybe he was 10 years old. He decided this. So it just really reminded me of what you were talking about. Yeah. And He's a modern day Maccabee. That's <laughs> what it is. And it's so funny because he had a friend there, I think in a younger grade, he saw that my son was wearing a kippah and he decided also to wear a kippah because my son was wearing a kippah. Incredible. So then they end when we make the right choice, we have no idea how many people we make it easier for to make the right choice. Right, right. So that, that, that's incredible. And it's a very, very powerful lesson. You just have to stand up for what you believe in, even if it doesn't match up with your friend's beliefs or your relative's beliefs or somebody else's beliefs, or, you know, you, you have to do what, what you know is right. You have to follow in the way of the Torah. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> and you have to be able to identify your beliefs and know what you're living for and have a very clear, um, sense of self. Right. Yeah. No, it's very, very important. Very, very important. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rabbits and Amit, for taking the time to join us in America's Top Rabbits. And this was this was amazing. Um, may all the Torah we learned today be for Rafu Shalema, Rahim Aviel David Ben Rus, and Daniel Benilana. If anyone in the audience has any questions or comments about the podcast, please email us at atrebitsons at gmail.com. That's A-T-R-E-B-B-E-T-Z-I-N-S at gmail.com. Thank you. Vera, it was such an honor to meet you. And you are an inspiration to all women all over the world. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.